Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Padres Social Hour. It is Monday, June 22nd, 2020. Hope everybody uh, who's a dad had a nice Father's Day yesterday. We got breaking news uh, in the world of baseball just a few moments ago. Uh, Major League Baseball essentially announcing their intentions for the 2020 season. We'll get to the details and the specifics of that in just a moment. Uh, And before we bring Randy Jones and Brady Phelps in, they'll be with us uh, for the show here tonight. Kind of want to just lead everybody to how we got to what just happened. So we're going to delay the breaking news, if you haven't seen it, for just, I don't know, a minute or so. And we'll kind of guide you through everything that has taken place today to try and set up some context. So uh, we'll start here. I guess, as we we jump right into it, the Players Association had a vote earlier today as to whether or not to accept the 60-game offer that was on the table from the owners uh, that included extra postseason, Universal DH the next couple of years, all those other things we've been reading about. Uh, The vote was no, 33 to 5. So that obviously had to set some other things in motion, and it did as we sort of uh, continue with the information that we had today. And they put out the following statement. The Players Association said... Earlier this evening, uh, we voted no. I'm uh, synopsizing here a little bit and paraphrasing. Uh, we hope to anticipate a, and, and finalize a comprehensive set of health and safety protocols of Major League Baseball in the coming days. We await word from the league on the resumption of spring training and a proposed 2020 schedule. Uh, we had hoped to work out an agreement, blah, blah, blah. This is what we want to do is get back on the field. So that's what the Players Association said early today fully anticipating and understanding that MLB would be providing them with some information. Uh, And then Joel Sherman, the New York Post this evening said, stay tuned. I hear Manfred is holding a call with the owners tonight. This was not all that long ago. And then all of a sudden things started happening very, very quickly. And just a few moments ago, literally we learned uh, that MLB has announced they will play a 60 game season. If the union agrees to have uh, everybody report by July one, which I think is what next Wednesday. And also that if the two sides can agree on health and safety protocols uh, and MLB wants the decision by 5 PM Eastern tomorrow. So it will be a big 22, 21 and a half hours coming up. Uh, If that goes through spring training would open July one and the 60 game regular season would start the weekend of July 24th. So that's where we're at. There is some like other interesting information that comes out with that uh, in terms of what would be included and would not be included. Universal DH would be in for 2020 because that was already agreed to, but there would not be a designated hitter in the National League in 2021 next year. Now, of course, they could come up with another agreement for 2021 and it could be there, but perhaps we've not seen the last of the DH in the National League. Either way, that's like the 10th most important thing going on right now. Uh, Bring in Randy uh, and Brady, guys. Uh, Thanks for sitting tight while I ran through all of that stuff. Um, But I guess right now we're just waiting to see if the players and the owners can agree on on health and safety protocols. I can't imagine the July 1st report date would be much of a sticking point. Um, Randy, it it might not be the result that either side was hoping for uh, throughout this entire process, but it does look like this thing is sort of winding towards some sort of conclusion. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping there's a conclusion to this. I'm, I'm optimistic as, as of the last three, three and a half minutes or four minutes, you know, seeing this. But uh, there's still obviously if, if the players can report in safety protocols, which I would anticipate there shouldn't be any problems, either one of those, you know, whatsoever. I mean, the guys have been chomping at the bit for three months, guys. It's, I mean, a week is not a problem for the guys to report, in my opinion. Uh, protocols and stuff, I don't see that being a, an obstacle. I mean, as long as they, uh, you know, as long as the players and the owners, we, if we can go, go to spring training and be optimistic that 
they're going to get compensated in some degree, and then we can go compete and play baseball like we know we can. Well, I'm, I, I'm like beside myself. I'm almost speechless, and I never am. And in the pregame kind of little chat we were having, um, you know, we were kind of bummed out about where the news was at. And as the show was getting ready to ramp up, all of a sudden these tweets starts. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And we couldn't really believe it. And here we are. So hopefully, uh, you know, safety protocols are, you know, in place to make this happen and, and nothing uh, happens health wise to, you know, throw a wrench in this. And uh, this is a huge step for fans, you know, huge step for fans and something we talked about in previous weeks, you know, with all the stuff that has happened, whether you're on the owner's side or the player's side or somewhere in the middle or you're mad at both, you know, are you as a fan willing to kind of set that aside to be able to come back and enjoy the game of baseball and watch the Padres win the 2020 World Series? And yes, the answer is yes. We are ready to forgive and move on because uh, I think this this is our year. That would be the most Padres thing ever to play a 60-game season or 50-game season or whatever this is it is. Our year. This is our year. It has to be, right? It has to be. Uh, when we had Craig Stammen on a couple of weeks ago, you know, I asked him about that. I said, hey, how do you guys feel? Like, we're all putting our opinions out there about how legitimate a 50 or a 60 or a 75-game season might be. And uh, he responded with, the champagne tastes the same. And I like that. Yes. And like, if that's good enough for Craig Stammen, it's good enough for me. I, I certainly understand where he's coming from right there. Now, look, this doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that like everything is done and we're going to have baseball uh, July 24th or whatever. Um, you know, agreeing to those health and safety protocols, as Randy said, you would hope that's a relatively easy thing. A lot of that stuff had been laid out already between the two sides. They've been talking about it for a long time. So hopefully they can agree to it. Then it's just a matter of like, how they actually implement it. And, and the reality, of course, is that this thing is, is far more complicated and difficult to predict uh, than, than even a labor negotiation, which is what we've been going through. Uh, you've seen you know, the, the COVID outbreaks and all the spring training sites getting shut down and, and football players at the University of Clemson and at uh, Texas and wherever else you know, dealing with stuff like this. So it, it's, not, it, it's not necessarily like, okay, we're fully out of the woods, but at least now we sort of know what the plan is from a baseball perspective, from a labor perspective, from an economic perspective, uh, because that's, uh, again, what all of this has sort of been about. We now know uh, that if they can pull it off from a health and safety perspective, uh, the most likely outcome is a 60-game season that begins a month and two days from now. And Randy uh, Brady was just saying, I think from like a fan's perspective, that's what they care about. The dollars and cents and the arguing over uh, pro rata and all that kind of stuff to, to most baseball fans who just want to have a beer, eat a hot dog, and watch their team. They're not going to worry about that stuff. They, they can't. It, it would make any sense in a way to try to comprehend it. You can put it in in paper or whatever you want in print, and you know I, that's not the idea. The idea is to, is is to play the game of baseball, you know. And I just, you know, I what I I just got uncomfortable reading a lot of statements about, you know, maybe some of the players you know might opt out and, and won't want to play. I mean, I just can't even fathom that. Uh, any any type of season and stuff and what it means to baseball, I just, you know, I just can't even wrap my head around that thought of, of somebody, you know, balking about playing. You 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 know, everybody's got to get out there and, like I say, it's a team game and and it, that's imperative that everybody gets out there and competes and play the game right. And and I I hope that's what's going to happen. I know that hey, can the players be ready? And like I said before, yes. And I just hope there's no other obstacles you know, uh, that are going to pop up between the owners and, and, and the Players Association, you know, before July 1. That's my whole goal here. I think as we've been kind of watching this unfold, you know, from a fan's perspective, you know, if it's if it's COVID that keeps the season from happening, then, you know, uh, that is something that is hard as a, a fan. But as a, you know, as a society with a global pandemic, it's something that we – we hate to hear and hate to see because of all the myriad of implications. Um, but you kind of, you understand, right. As a fan, you understand like, okay, this is bigger than, um, you know, bigger than baseball. This is life and death. And this is a big deal. But if it's about owners and players, just not being able to come to an agreement, that is when as a fan, it's like, okay, guys, you got to figure this out. You know, it's one thing if the global pandemic, you know, keeps us from being able to watch baseball in 2020, but if it's because you guys, cannot figure this thing out, you gotta you've gotta figure this thing out. That's when you start losing fans and that's when you really start to hurt the sport as a whole. And and so I'm I'm glad to see at least 
I don't know, step one ish in the equation toward moving forward is here. Um, and, and, you know, if they can at least give it, make it, make an effort to play the season and then see, see how it goes. And hopefully cases drop and people are healthy and, and we can really start to enjoy this thing. But uh, it's nice to, nice to see that the owners and the players, you know, finally at least came to somewhat of a, and, and you know what, you know, Brady, it, and, and we're, we're, you know, whatever we get, whatever kind of baseball we get, we're going to relish it, you know, as fans, yep. you know, I'm, I'm, I just be excited to get them out on the field and, Hey, we want the very best for, you know, our guys and make 2020 their season, you know, and all the raw, raw and stuff. But I just, I just want to see the guys out there competing again. And, and like we've said for many, many weeks, it just, it's going to be, it's just a, a healthy point for, I think the whole community, everybody in the nation, we need baseball or, you know, our thing, man, during the summer, we, we need to have it back. Yeah. Uh, Brady, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was pretty much what I was going to say. Uh, if COVID, if, if health and safety shuts this thing down, and that's a very real possibility at some point, um, I think we'd all understand like, hey, that's the world we're living in right now. Um, but for the whole thing to have sort of been undone before that by financial arguments between these two sides, that that's where probably the lasting damage could have really been done. And look, I'm not going to say the last couple of months haven't been ugly because they have been. And I'm not going to say that the ugliness is completely behind us um, because it probably isn't. Uh, you're going to have a whole nother negotiation, I would imagine, trying to figure out what 2021 looks like. And then, oh, by the way, the CBA expires after 2021. So if you're sick of uh, the owners and the players butting heads over the the state of baseball from a business perspective, like that, that storyline's not going away anytime soon. Uh, but for the here and now, uh, at least we do have some kind of moving forward here. They're basically adhering to what they agreed to back in March. Uh, you know, it's one of these things you wish they could have uh, gotten together and, and figured things out a little bit more quickly uh, to get a little bit more baseball out of the season. But look, we'll get our 60 games. It'll be really, really weird. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You're going to have big rosters. You're going to have big taxi squads. You're going to have a, probably, I would imagine, for most teams, record numbers of guys uh, appearing in games, even though it's going to be in such a short season. I mean, 60 games is really, really <laughs> short. If, if opening day was like supposed to be March 26th, I think, 60 games would have, what, gotten you to Memorial Day? I mean, that will be the entire season. You know, think about all that happens after Memorial Day in a given year. Um, it's nice to be able to talk about the baseball aspect of this again and not just the financial aspect of this again. Uh, but, Randy, I mean, the, the results will be goofy. And as far as I'm concerned, like, I, I'm here to embrace all that. Oh, you bet. I mean, you talk about Memorial Day, man. We haven't even got magic numbers yet by then, Jess. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just unfathomable to, to think about it and, and how this is going to turn out. I don't know. I don't know the details of, the, of uh, you know, the particulars. Are, and they say report to spring training. Are we all going back to spring training facilities? Are we coming to, you know, to Petco Park? Are we going to do spring training there? I don't, I don't know. Does anybody have the answer to that? Uh, and, how, and how's the schedule going to work out? Yeah, that's the other thing is, like, have they figured out exactly what this schedule is going to look like? Um, because it's probably simpler than usual because it's so many fewer games. Uh, no, I would think it's still, West Coast, East Coast. I don't think you're traveling across country. to. Yeah, know, I think I, what I, we had I, heard most of the last couple of months was going to be that, um, and again, we'll see if this actually ends up being the case because this is sort of like a new agreement here. But what they had kind of decided upon, it sounded like was uh, Padres, for instance, would only play against the NL West and a little bit against the AL West. Um, you know, depending on the number of games, just to try and limit the travel and exposure and the costs associated with all of that. Um, but yeah, it, it'll almost all be spring training at home. It sounds like uh, the Governor Cuomo in New York has uh, basically announced the other day that both the Yankees and the Mets would be having spring training in New York, um, which when you think about where New York was from a virus standpoint, what, six weeks ago, uh, that would have been an impossible thing to have predicted. But Florida is such a mess right now from a public health standpoint uh, that the Yankees and the Mets are getting out of there and, and they're going to do their training in New York. So Florida is really bad right now. Arizona is really bad right now from a virus standpoint, all 30 facilities are shut down uh, to be sort of deep clean disinfected. So yeah, you're right. There's a lot of questions to be answered still. And some of that stuff hopefully, you know, gets figured out in the next few hours uh, because if MLB wants an answer by 5 PM Eastern tomorrow, uh, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get talking Brady, a lot of, a lot of boxes to check here. Isn't that bananas to just think that like all of this, all this time, the virus, the negotiations back and forth. And then, I mean, literally as this show was starting, the news was breaking two minutes before. And then it's like, well, you know, hopefully they can figure it out in the next hour. You know, shouldn't, shouldn't be no big deal. You know, it's just, it's crazy 
to think at the the pace that this is going and how many iterations and changes have been made. And yet, you know, here we are. And like you said, Florida and Arizona hotspots, nobody's going near there. So um, they're from what it sounds like going to be in their home cities. And, you know, maybe that'll enable Jesse to go to angel stadium for the first time in his career of broadcasting. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's one of the other million things, all right? Like, we don't know who's going to be traveling and how it's going to work with these taxi squads, where those guys are going to be all set up, uh, what the stadium atmosphere is going to be like. Are they going to let? We had heard a few months ago, right? Or I don't know, a few weeks ago. There is no time anymore. We all know that. Like, Texas, were they going to let fans <laughs> in the stadium and not other places, you know, based on the local, you know, municipalities' sense of things? So right. there's a lot of weird stuff to figure out. Um, but at least... And again, this wasn't even an agreement, which is the funny thing. This is that unilateral MLB had the right to implement a season based on the agreement the two sides came to. So it's not really a deal so much as it is a conclusion of uh, this particular chapter. But there are a lot more chapters in the book. So we'll continue to keep everybody uh, posted here what's going on. But like we said, there is actual hard news coming out of this, which is that, you know, between now and two o'clock tomorrow, uh, Pacific time, you know, we could have something on paper that says players are going to report on Wednesday of next week. So that's that's big news, certainly. And and we'll take it from there. But I, I mean, am I crazy, guys, in saying like this is just from a fan perspective, a baseball consumption perspective? Is this like the best day we've had in quite some time? It is. I mean, and, and I say that, and I'm telling you that now there's a lot of players right now that are just as excited as we are with the concept of, the, you know, going to spring training, getting ready for a season, you know, starting next week. Uh, I, I know those a lot of those kids are really excited about the concept, the whole idea of doing that. And they're, and they're not sitting there in the, in, in the, in the ditches, you know, in the trenches, you know, negotiating with the owners and uh, with the players association. But I just know in, in talking to them the last, month and a half only two or three times i just know that they just always you can always feel that real desire just to get back to playing the game of baseball that's what they want to do players want to play that's what they always say all right so that again is the news uh mlb has given the players two things to figure out between now and two o'clock tomorrow and if they do uh spring training next week and the season would begin uh the weekend of july 24th and then kind of take it from there and figure things out. It does seem generally like a positive from a, a fan perspective. All right, now that we've handled the breaking news and all the craziness of everything going on, uh, I'll let you know Mike Pomerantz, our buddy from Fox Sports San Diego, is going to join us in a little bit. And now let me formally to both of you. Happy Father's Day. How hey. Day, Thank right you, man. Right back at you both. Happy Father's Day. Great stuff, guys. You know, I really enjoy being with the family. It took the son-in-laws out a little golf. My my uh, my step-grandson, uh, Aiden, he's 15, and he he joined us, so he made a foursome and had a great round of golf uh, up at Madeiras and then, you know, down to Solana Beach for, uh, you know, a, a family of 10 and a little Mexican food and had a Father's Day party there with all the fathers, and it, it was a great time. I, uh, I I did this kind of a kind of a random uh, Father's Day uh, happening. My, my wife and kids and I were walking my dog, and we were out on a walk, and um, this uh, lady came up with her, her kid and uh, she was on the other side of the street and, you know, reached out to me and said, Hey, happy father's day. And then I started talking to her, talking to her son with this cool little remote control car. And, you know, mid conversation, I kind of, you know, I, I, you know, realized who I was speaking with, you know, finished. Oh, you know, nice to see you. we kept walking. And my wife and I both kind of looked at each other and we, you know, simultaneously, as soon as she was out of earshot, uh, we just kind of wide-eyed looked at each other and said, like, that was Alicia Keys. And so we just what? happened to happen to randomly run into uh, Alicia Keys, 13 Grammys, 30 million followers on Twitter, and uh, like an absolute legend, amazing human being uh, in, on in every level. She's amazing. You know, some people are like so famous. And you're like, how is that person? Like, wh- why are they famous? You know, Alicia Keys has more talent in, you know, in her pinky than me and anybody I know. So it's, incredible so anyway we happened to just randomly run in her on father's day and so i was like well father's day is kind of cool alicia keys just said happy father's day to me so let me ask you this uh i i didn't realize you were living in the like alicia keys real estate universe i'm very impressed um yeah. well don't be impressed i i did uh put the dog and the kids in a car and we drove because it's a very nice uh neighborhood to walk through so we Got do it. not live in her <laughs> neighborhood i would like to point that out uh but it was really cool nonetheless so she was very cool, and uh, she was already like way up here in my scale of awesome people, and now she's even higher. So, yeah, pretty cool. 
that's that's a great story, yeah. man. Name name drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the day after Father's Day, Randy Jones told me Happy Father's Day. <laughs> my son's law what do you want like yeah. <laughs> that's great stuff man i love it that's good uh, stuff. that's that's the best um all right so happy father's day to you guys we got a couple of happy birthdays uh to pass along to guys yeah. we saw play padre baseball in 2019 and when we hope to see playing padre baseball here in 2020 we'll start with josh naylor uh i i enjoy watching josh naylor play baseball it's not just because the hat and the helmet pop off all the time uh which i do enjoy uh, but it's just like the joy of the game that he is so a part of. And that swing is a really nice one. All the talk about Ken Griffey Jr. yesterday uh, with the special on MLB Network. Jeez, uh, Naylor's got a that slick left-handed swing himself. RJ, this guy had a very nice introduction to the big leagues last year. He definitely did. And you think the big thing is just his whole approach. Jesse, we we get the opportunity to, you know, watch him day in and day out down at the ballpark in the clubhouse. And, you know, the young man, he plays the game right, got great tools and, and a good attitude, hard worker. And you want nothing but the best from, from kids like this. And, you know, and like you say, he's got some ability to be able to play. And so it remains still be seen. But, uh, I mean, the upside is uh, is unlimited with Josh. And that's a that's a much larger uh, nailer than we're we're seeing on the screen right now because he came to spring training looking very svelte. So I, I I'm glad we have all these fun highlights. I feel like we're going to be watching like kind of two different versions of him. Um, and and we did get a lot of brown highlights on Fridays with him too. But now uh, hopefully this year, if we play this season, he'll be able to uh, create some skinny nailer highlights as well. So. Yeah, you know the, the yeah you talk about opportunity. You know, all of a sudden, and once again, it just kind of ran across my forehead. It's a sixty game, you know, schedule. So hey, everything's going to move pretty fast. Opportunities aren't going to be, you know, as committed as they are in a hundred and sixty two game schedule. I mean, there's going to be some tough decisions. I think who's going to get more playing time. You're going to go with the hot hand. I understand that, but you're not going to get as many opportunities if you're not yeah. hot. Uh, that's a great point. I mean, the, the 60 game thing, it's obviously going to have a billion uh, effects on the season and the way everything goes, um, mm-hmm. but it's going to impact a guy like Josh Naylor or a guy like Franchi Cordero in ways that go far beyond the way it'll impact a Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis Jr. And, and Brady, I mean, yeah, like guys are going to be, it, it'll be interesting to see how they react to that. It won't be easy. Yeah, and it'll be, uh, you know, not only reacting to that kind of weird role thing, but now with the DH in the mix, you know, your Franchies, your Nailers, I don't know, even Will Myers, like who, who's who, who's going to get the most DH at bats for the uh, 60, 60 game 2020 Padres? That's like <laughs> a, a tri- trivia question right there. So yeah, it'll be interesting. They'll go by the numbers too a lot, guys. I have a feeling, you know, that matchups. That type of thing that's going to factor into a lot of that. I think in this short season, yeah, we we'll have to. It, it'll be it'll be interesting and different. We're not going to have a lack of stuff to talk about, that's for sure. In a sixty game season with all kinds of uh, different rules and, uh, and and roster sizes and stuff like that. All right, so happy birthday, Josh Naylor. Hope wherever you are, you're having a good one, and uh, that we see you in uniform sooner rather than later. Happy birthday also to former Padre now in the front office, Ian Kinsler who, of course, will forever be remembered for one thing here in San Diego. And it was the uh, night he pitched and hit a home run. That's what oh, he's going to always be remembered for. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Any, anything, anything in particular about that day, Jess, or just the fact that he was able to pitch and hit a home run? Well, no. I mean, that, that's, that's a, like how often does that happen? He pitched, and then in the bottom of the ninth inning, he came up in that August series against the Rays, and he hit a home run. Like, what else? That's it. That's what you always remember Ian Kinsler for. It it makes for an interesting argument. We were having it on the show last week because if like the DH does come permanently, um, is Ian Kinsler technically the last Padre pitcher to Homer? Because he's in the box (laughs) score as a pitcher. That's good. That's all right. I like that. What that do you, is, I'll, uh, I'll let you guys weigh in on that. That's good though. I like I like that idea. That that what a great trivia question twenty years from now. You know, last Padre Honestly, hit all run. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely Ian Kinsler. And you know, being such a fan favorite, I think that he clearly deserves to be in the history books as that uh last pitcher to hit home, home run. I, I got oh, clean. I'm not Ian Kinsler's not a pitcher. I know he's in the box score as a pitcher. Uh, I'm on the other side of the argument than you guys. Like technically, yes, he was a pitcher in that moment, but he was a position player pitching. 
we say that the last pitcher, Clayton Richards, a pitcher. He's the he's Clayton the Richard, He is so great, and look, it looks like he's never run before. I mean, it looks it oh, looks they, like his feet are trying to find the ground. Well, it's I something mean, you, know, you don't work on your home run trot, Brady, when you're a pitcher. For heaven's sake! What, oh, really? You know, Do you just on, jog me. as a pitcher? Like you don't just jog from point A to point B ever? Like you Clayton don't. is ripped. He runs all the time, but yet when he's running the bases. He looks like a toddler who's never walked before. It's crazy. No, he's, you got to relish that, man. When you hit two dingers in your whole career, man, you better relish it and do a trot. I wouldn't run real fast either. It's not a trot. It looks like a small <laughs> trot. Look at it. He's like, where is the ground? Where are my feet? Who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? Division one quarterback. So you know his footwork's okay. I think exactly. he was just enjoying it. I think he was taking his time. And he's got good posture. Look at I, he does. Maybe that's the problem. He's just like nobody runs that upright. It's just wild. But I, hey, honestly, I'm a big fan of of Clayton. I'm a big fan of that home run specifically. So he looks like a pony. On I don't know. I don't know. Comment. That's exactly what he looks like. It's so funny. I'd, you, I'd knock him on his ass sure. for running the bases like that, though. I'd knock him down his next time up, man. Or see see how quickly you're like, we don't practice our trots. And then you're like, but if he did do that, I'd, I'd knock him I'd, down. I'd still knock him down. Heck with him. Man. <laughs> that's, no, that's great stuff. All right. So happy birthday. I think that was uh, supposed to be about Ian Kinsler at one point. Happy birthday yeah. to Kinsler and, uh, and Josh Naylor as well. That leads us right into our KBO sadness report as we check in on our kt Wiz, our uh, adopted korean team that we've been following day in and day out without mlb baseball to really enjoy it was a good weekend for the Wiz, who took two out of three from the latte giants they have now won five out of their last six games how about this guys on friday night they trailed seven nothing going to the bottom of the first inning but they came back and won the game in the 10th uh, they were shut out on saturday and then yesterday they held on for a three to win our buddy Mel Rojas Jr., uh, who plays uh, left field mostly for, for the Wiz, is now tied for the KBO lead with 13 home runs. RJ, we got ourselves an MVP candidate on this roster. Oh, definitely. And also, that is why right there. I finally what? got my I got my hat, man. And that's why we're <laughs> our, see, now we're making a, the Wiz are making a comeback. Got my rally hat going. Jesse, did you send him that hat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never <laughs> more left out. Jeez. Brady. Hey. I got this uh like I got mine, man. one year forty-two year old hat that I'm wearing from the uh seventy eight all-star game. And you yeah. guys are rocking the new fresh fresh lids of the Wiz. These are looking nice, sharp, man. guys. Hey, this is looking good. Sharp. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Five <laughs> games at a playoff position in the KBO, trying to make up for a slow start. The Wiz. The Wizards are on fire, man. Uh, first place team in town, NC Dinos, three-game series beginning tonight at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, Randy, I'll, I'll FaceTime Ooh. you like always, and we'll watch the game together. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Brady, you can hang in there. You just go to sleep. You know, we'll, I'll just we'll, go to bed. You guys can you wear your pajamas it. and wear your hats and have a good time and fill me in in the morning. <laughs> Great. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, so good job by the Wiz, uh, as we said, winners of five out of six. Uh, sports is starting to come back. That NASCAR race, uh, Talladega today, was really great television. Uh, and obviously a lot more going on than just that. Uh, also, the English Premier League soccer came back over the weekend. And um, so I, I'm an Everton fan. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like being a Wiz fan. I got to tell you, it's, it's one of those things. But that's neither here nor there. But anyway, they played their first game back yesterday. And uh, it was against Liverpool, their arch rival. The two stadiums, uh, the two grounds, uh, uh, Everton plays at Goodison Park. Liverpool plays at Anfield. They're literally like on opposite sides of like a big public park. It's a couple hundred yards from one stadium to the other. So a great rivalry. It's a, you know, a hundred year old rivalry, everything like that. Every time those two teams get together, uh, it is just electric. But obviously with no fans in the stadium, it was just a little bit of a different thing yesterday. Uh, and if you watch the game on TV, you got to hear they did put fake crowd noise uh, on the broadcast. I think they pulled it from the FIFA video game series, which is great. Uh, but here we got we got a little bit of a video so you can get a sense of what that was like to watch on TV. Well, here's Richarlison and drives all the way in and very nearly found a way through. It was Fabinho who gifted in possession. And that's Minamino! always just angling away all right so you get a little bit of a sense of how it sounded i mean pretty good like the oohs and the ahs I, I think sounded authentic there were definitely times when it was better than other times but it 
from that standpoint, felt like watching a real game, which I think is a win. And I think that's like a nice takeaway. On the other side, though, I'll, I'll tell you guys, it just, and again, part of it, I'm sure, was the fact these guys haven't played a real match in three months or whatever it is. It just didn't have the buzz and the energy, even with the crowd noise, than that fixture, that 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 head-to-head between those two teams usually does. The players were flat. It ended in a 0-0 tie. And we saw that with a lot of the games over the weekend in England. Most of the goals were scored in the second half, just kind of slow starts. I guess, Brady, where I'm going with this is just like another reminder that there will be, I think, on-field impacts of not having fans in the stands. Yeah, I think there will too. I mean, these guys, they they're – in Little League, maybe they didn't have huge crowds, but they had maybe bigger crowds than they will when they come back, you know, depending on how things shake out. And so it's going to be an absolute adjustment. But, you know, if you have to choose one or the other, a fan experience, I mean, part of the reason that we as fans watch sports is to to get lost, is to forget. I mean, part of the reason, you know, the Padres restarted up Padres Social Hour is because of what is going on in our world and the, and the way that we want to escape the realities that we live in every day just for a moment so that we can, you know, get lost in sports. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And when we as fans, especially if we cannot watch in the stadium physically, um, when we as fans watch, you know, from the screen, pipe in that crowd noise, pipe in. I, I think it's cool. And it, again, it's not going to be perfect, like you said, but I, I love it. I love getting lost in the reality. We, when, when we want to be entertained, it's, it's not necessarily that we need things to match reality, right? Like this might go down as the worst analogy in the history of anything, I'm but I'm going to do it anyway. All right. So when I first watched the Transformers movie, whoever the lead is, Josh Duhamel, I don't know how to say his name, but when, when he's fighting giant robots that, you know, come down from space and turn into cars, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in. I, I buy that. That's no. But when he was sliding on the pavement and, you know, after a, after a robot chucked him, you know, 100 feet and he's going at 100 miles an hour on his back of his jacket, but when he got up, his jacket wasn't ripped. I was like, this this movie's stupid. Like, it's, there's no, it's not realistic at all. His jacket would have absolutely gotten ripped. I thought I wanted, I wanted one of those jackets. That's what I want. <laughs> the point is, you know, like we as fans or as you know, people looking to be entertained, we're willing to accept a lot of things like fake crowd noise. But when that we can get lost in and I'm totally fine with that. But I just, you know, if all of a sudden their their pants didn't tear when they slid into second base, I'm like, well, this is no longer real. So is that on the table, special pants. Was I not aware of that? Is that in this new agreement somewhere? Uh, I, don't know. Know. Uh, I told yeah. you it was a terrible analogy, but Hey, Pipe the, in the crowd noise. Bring it. Jesse, how about how about golf? The last two weeks, I mean, I've watched a lot of golf on TV. I mean, the pros are back playing. And, boy, it's just not the same without the, the fans, you know, at, at, at the golf courses. But still. I, Randy, very, how great was it having them mic'd up and being able I, to hear? Well, they weren't crazy. necessarily mic'd. Maybe it was the ground. But, you know, being able to hear the real. Yeah, there's, there's, there's only I'm one sure argument. Real, you know. I, I think there's only one argument against fake crowd noise being used on TV for these things. And, and this is it. It's authentic, uh, authenticity. You know I mean? It's you're, you're now making it more of an entertainment product, which it is. I think we all agree than a, you know, documentarian style report of what's actually happening. And I, I see both sides of it. I've gone back and forth on the thing a bunch, but Brady, I think your point at the end of the day is, is right. It's like, we're, we're watching it to be entertained. And the cool thing too, NBC yesterday who had the soccer game, they gave you the option. You could, I think if you went to the app and watched um, or the web and watched, you had the option to turn off the fake crowd noise. So if you right. wanted that experience, you were able to get it for yourself. So so what they may be lacking in authenticity, they're gaining in transparency. They're not trying yes. to sneak in something on you. And so, you know, when you listen to the masters and like bird watchers here, they're like the broadcast is chirping in fake birds from different regions. That I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, this is a cool ambiance regardless. Don't cheapen fake stuff to try to trick people. But if you're letting people know, like, hey, you have the option to get crowd noise or not crowd noise, which one do you want? That You're being transparent. So the authenticity thing, like, I do think it's still authentic because you're choosing the authentic experience that you want. So, I, you know, to each their own. Enjoy how you want to enjoy. But, That's you fair. know, they're being transparent about it. So I, I'm okay with it. I think it's cool. That's really good. Anyway, it'll be interesting, as always, as with all this stuff. 
uh, what actually ends up happening. All right, uh, moving on uh, very quickly here. Uh, our buddy Mike Pomeranz from Fox Sports San Diego, along with Mark Sweeney, uh, former agent Barry Axelrod, and, and some others have launched a new podcast. You might have, if you follow Mike or uh, Sweeney's on social media, you might have seen them promoting it. Really, really cool, fascinating sort of approach to the podcast. And they've had some wonderful people on it just in the first week or so here uh, as, as they try and uh, provide some entertainment and content during this time as well. Uh, Mike was nice enough to join me earlier today. Talk about what they've got going on. All right, Mike, this will be nice. We can uh, move away from the news of the day for uh, just a few minutes here because it, it's not the like uh, banner day in baseball history or anything like that. At least it doesn't seem like it right now. Uh, so let's talk about this new project. Uh, you, Swing Dog, some others have kicked off. Uh, tell us what you got going on. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate you having us, Jess, too. It's um, a really neat project. And Barry Axelrod, the longtime agent, 40-plus uh, years in the game, he used to be my buddy Mark Sweeney's agent, still is. Uh, and the two of those guys have been kicking around this notion for years about maybe writing a book when Mark retired, about the relationships they'd formed and focusing it on um, the guys who played the game and their first, you know, their, their major league call-up, their first experience in the big leagues, first time they were sent down, first time in an all-star game, all their first, and compiling that into a book. But then they thought, boy, you know what? With a podcast, you can reach so many more people. So here's what they've come up with, this Major League Beginnings podcast. And they asked me to come aboard uh, and, and contribute what I could. And I kind of offer the view and the questions from a fan's perspective. And they obviously offer their area of expertise. And their Rolodex or in contact list form uh, in today's day and age is expansive, as you'd imagine. I mean, Sween's played 14 years in the league. And as I mentioned, Barry's got 40 years in as an agent, uh, repping Hall of Famers like uh, Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, Rick Sutcliffe, Mark Grace, on and on and on. Um, and so what ended up happening was we collaborated on this notion of bringing these guys together one at a time and putting together this podcast. And that's what we've done. We've launched Major League Beginnings. Uh, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify. And each week we bring you somebody new. Now, we just launched this past Wednesday where we dropped five uh, at one time to give people a little bit of variety. So you can get Nick Swisher, Dontrell Willis, you can get Larry Walker, uh, Sean Casey, uh, Yankee manager, Aaron Boone. And then this week we're going to have um, Dave Roberts, Dodger manager. And we're also going to have uh, Kevin Burkhart, one of the voices of, of Fox sports. So we offer a little bit of diversity. Uh, Jess, it's called major league beginnings, but in essence, it's really metaphorical because you'll see a lot of baseball guys, but you're also going to see people who are just at the top of the food chain in their particular line of work. We might have an executive, might have an actor, uh, some front office folks. So it's kind of a broad umbrella. Um, and we're excited about it. So we'll hope folks will check it out. That, that first grouping of five, I mean, and, and also coming up with Dave Roberts and Kevin Burkhart, I'm lucky enough to know a few of those people. Every single one of them you just mentioned is like one of the best people I've ever known, you know, I mean, in terms of personality and taking care of others. So it's nice to hear kind of uh, a good work and good deeds being rewarded in that kind of way. What was the most interesting takeaway maybe from the, the first series of conversations? Oh, that's a great question. I think each guy offered a little something um that was nuanced to me uh, and unexpected. The first thing I have always noticed is just how comfortable they are in their own skin, either after they've left the game or after they left the pressure cooker of being a player. Uh, even if they've moved into the front office or, or broadcasting or managing, they're, they're different in that they, the persona that they allowed folks to see uh, within their own clubhouse walls is now uh, I think they're a little more comfortable exposing um, to people like us on the listening side or, um, you know, just folks they run into in the street. There's their ability to communicate their stories, I think, is just that much more relaxed. Uh, certain things about each guy kind of surprised me. The fact that um, uh, I didn't realize for many of them how insulating either the pressure of a big contract made them uh, made them feel like they had to live up to something that how would i possibly relate to that you know when they sign these big deals or the pressure of leaving family behind when you put yourself through these types of seasons or uh, the pressure to perform for the fans who you so badly want to please i think each guy brought something a little different i mean Sean Casey as we know the mayor he's got a million funny stories right Aaron Boone um I, I had no idea that when he was called up, it was to replace his brother, Brett, on the roster in Cincinnati. So how about that? You get, you're playing in AAA. Your brother gets sent down. Two days later, you're called up to the big leagues and you tell you, yeah, we got, you got to take your brother's roster spot. 
so each guy's been a little bit different, and I think they're all the probably the the, the consistent thread to me is the level of comfort they feel around Mark uh, and around Barry and just leaving a little bit of that pressure cooker behind. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I think an astute observation. Let's talk managers for a moment. You mentioned Dave Roberts and Aaron Boone. I don't know what the year is. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, those two guys are not managers. They're not sniffing managerial opportunities. We've turned a page in baseball. Jace Tingler, obviously an example for us here with the Padres. What, what do you make? I mean, you've spent your life in this game. What, what, what do you make of the way that role has kind of uh, adapted in recent years? God, I think you hit it right on the head, don't you? I mean, it, it is, you're right. Those are guys who would not be in this conversation. And, um, and the role has changed so much. So I know that when we spoke with, with Aaron and with Dave, and we've also spoken with Don Mattingly, who you'll hear coming up uh, if you follow the podcast, the expectation is that you have to be that conduit, right, between the front office and the analytical portion of the sport uh, and, and the, the psychologist that's required to relate to today's player and convey that information. Uh, I never thought it would be where it is today, but I guess it probably speaks to the way kids are raised today and what their expectations of leaders are. When you and I, and I'm obviously much older than you are, but when, when I was around the game as a player, it was dictatorial. You know, that whatever the manager said went, if you argued with him, you were probably going to be released or clearly in the doghouse and it'd be irreparable damage to your career, perhaps. Um, and today's day and age, the guys seem to want that uh, a better explanation, right, as to why they're making the moves they're making and, and how this helps analytically and the level of explanation. Where when I was a kid, it was just, uh, look, you're playing first and hitting fourth because I flipping said so, period. Not because of these numbers things. So I, I would say that the role has evolved. I, I think we've all agreed is it more of a psychologist uh, and 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 maybe an in-game manager of psyche uh, than than maybe any other aspect that I anticipated. Yeah, I mean, we talk all the time, right, about the mental aspects of the game, the mental side of the game, and it's everybody in the big leagues can play. You know, they've all got talent, maybe disparate levels of talent, but they all have a lot of talent to be able to get there. It's managing their minds as much as anything else. Yeah, it seems like that's the case. I mean, maybe that's the way it is in, in in business as well, because you get to a certain point where, first of all, kids are exposed to the, I think, the nuances of skill at such an early age compared to when um, guys my age were entering the game. So they they know the rough uh, aspects of the game, how to spin a curveball. They do it at a much earlier age, or or maybe how to hit a ball a certain direction or so, and perhaps what's required of a manager is so much different. Uh, now I, I know that, um, the patience level, um, that these guys exhibit is extraordinary, especially, you know, how we get, you get a little bit older, you get a little more crotchety. So I always tip my cap to the guys who can handle that environment and not come off as like the get off my lawn guy. And, and they've done a wonderful job of it. It's something to watch. Boy, Boone, well, Boone's been around the game as we know forever. Uh, maybe that's helped him in some way, but eh, you make a great point. Well, you mentioned business, too, and I think that's probably where a lot of this started and just kind of off the top of my head. You had all these general managers coming into the game who didn't have traditional baseball backgrounds. They weren't necessarily former players. Uh, they didn't work their way through the front office. They were an often or oftentimes brought into the baseball world from the business world, and they just offered a completely different perspective, a completely different kind of set of expectations, and they've kind of taken it their own way and, I guess, been more open-minded about the kinds of people who can lead uh, because, again, Dave Roberts, I, I think, objectively has done a phenomenal job managing the Dodgers. You look at the win-loss record, same thing for Boone. We can go on and on around the league. And like these are guys, again, not that long ago, would not have been given that opportunity. I find it fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think one thing that um, to me is most intriguing is if you come from an analytical background or business acumen, there are nuances to this game that it's very difficult. And it quirks, right, to this yeah. game, that it's very hard to wrap your brain around them. Uh, all the intangibles you hear old school guys uh, discuss, I believe those things are real. Now, you can discount them and say they're not and look at a spreadsheet and say, well, our numbers say this. But part of the matter is what happens between the white lines when the game is really going on is not necessarily as easily forecast by looking at a spreadsheet because the variables that are going on, right, in that certain moment in the game, maybe the guy is hitting well against lefties, but only you happen to know he's got a bad wrist or that his mother's been sick for the last week and how is that going to affect the at-bat and all these other things. I think the 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 fella or gal, and eventually I think down the road, uh, you're going to see successful in that role is 
the advanced version of what we're seeing now, somebody who is that in touch with people on a human level and really able to process the, the level of um, statistical information that's available to them and somehow in the heat of battle have a nice, clear, cogent thought delivered to a guy in a clutch situation. How that happens, I, I don't know, but I think that seems to be the evolution of that position. And while I think some people look at it as being somewhat marginalized now compared to what it was, that role as manager, I think it's in an evolutionary period. And I think in a handful of years, maybe sooner, um, that role will be respected and appreciated perhaps differently than it is maybe right now. Yeah, it's fun to watch. So much change has come to baseball in the last 25 years or so. Really, I guess, since Moneyball was published in the early 2000s. And uh, it continues to show its face in so many different ways. The podcast is Major League Beginnings. Uh, tell us again, uh, who's on the, the first grouping, the, the five, and then uh, where everybody can find it. Oh, thanks, Jess. Uh, yeah, if you go to uh, any place you get your podcast from, it could be Apple, it could be Google, uh, it could be Spotify, doesn't matter. Just go ahead and check it out. As Jesse mentioned, it's called Major League Beginnings. And you can also check out our website, MajorLeagueBeginnings.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram um, as well. This week, we're going to have Dave Roberts and Kevin Burkhart. Uh, but if you go on there right now, we already have five that we debuted last week. Uh, we had Sean Casey on with us. We had Aaron Boone on with us. We had Larry Walker, the Hall of Famer. Uh, with us. We've had some really interesting guests, I think, to this point. If you just take the time uh, to listen to their stories, you'll hear Nick Swisher, Dontrell Willis. Um, guys are going to share some insights about their call-ups and their first blush in the big leagues that, that most of us as fans haven't had access to. So we really hope you give it an opportunity. Check it out. Go ahead, subscribe if you would. Remember, it's free. You rate it, review it. It really helped us out, and I think it's going to have an interesting guest list. I think it's a fascinating uh, look at some of the careers of these wonderful guys. Yeah, really, really great idea, and uh, nice to know it's being executed by uh, people we know. Uh, great yeah, to see you. Yes. Great to talk to you. I hope to see you on television soon in a baseball Yeah, that I agree 100%. Uh, belated. Happy Father's Day, by the way. And um, yeah, yeah. everybody's healthy and safe. Thank you. Uh, and thanks again for having me on there, man. I hope I get to see you guys soon and uh, pull these out and get on a real set, see at the ballpark. I don't know. Is it that novel an idea? I think it seems to be right now. But more than that, I hope everybody stays healthy and safe. Mike Pomeranz, Fox Sports San Diego. Hope you can check out the new podcast uh, he's doing with Sween Dog, Barry Oxford, and others. Good stuff. Bring back uh, Randy Jones. And Brady Phelps kind of reset the news of the day as well. If somebody might have hopped in a little bit late, uh, basically long story short, uh, we're at the point now where MLB has uh, proposed to the players a 60 game season that would begin July 24 or thereabouts. And they're giving the players until five Eastern tomorrow. So 2 p.m. Pacific tomorrow uh, to agree on a health and safety protocol and also that they'd be able to report to spring training by July 1st, which is a week from Wednesday. So that's kind of where we're at on all of that. It feels, from a fan perspective, like good news. Obviously, it's been ugly these last couple of months. It's been acrimonious, but it does sound like we're taking some sort of step towards having baseball this year, Randy. And that's that's all we've ever wanted. That's all we've ever wanted. You're right, Jesse. I think overall, and, and that's the way it's typically worked over the last 45 years during these disputes. Uh, you know, one day, I'll, you know, you know, like I was saying, hey, I don't even know if we're going to have a season this year and give it five minutes and it's announced it's going to be a 60 game schedule, you know, and, and now the, you know, the players have to uh, you know, approve the protocol and hopefully that's it. And, and yeah, put the bickering aside. Let's just play some baseball for a couple of months and see what happens. I'm surprised that, uh, that, that you haven't uh, gotten out there yourself, Randy, and really tried to uh, <laughs> try to personally motivate the owners and players. Like you're, you know, you're, you're clearly pretty passionate about this. So, yeah, you well, go throw your weight around. No, you know, I've been on. I see both sides. You know, my perspective as a player, all those years, you know, and I just think this is unique in the last few years. You know, working for the organization and and being with ownership and. And, uh, you know, of course, it's, like, it's the finest you know, group of ownership that we've had in San Diego in our history. And, um, you know, I understand both sides from both perspectives. And I and I understand that you know, just the the past, the past itself, you know, assures that they're they're probably not going to get along. And I, I'm not surprised by that. But, oh, they can put these differences aside and let's let's play the game for the for, our, for the best interest of our country, for heaven's sakes.
Yeah. No, they don't have to be best friends. Nobody's asking for that. And and they All probably right. won't be. So that's so that's fine. Uh, good question here from Sal. So uh, it's, it looks like no expanded playoffs uh, this year nor next. So the playoff situation will kind of remain as is in 20 and 21. Universal DH off the table next year for now, but I guess it will be on the table for 2020. It will be there for 2020, the NLDH, because that was part of a previous agreement. Maybe that March one that they had come to, we're sort of, you know, dissecting this as it's happening live on the air. So I, I can't give you like hundred percent sure answers, but that's our understanding. There would be a DH this year, but it would not mean uh, necessarily there would be a DH in 2021. Now, of course there could and likely will be, I would imagine more negotiations around 2021 so that could come up again uh but sort of where we are right now that that appears to be the case so we'll see certainly more information uh and and more will happen between now and when we do the show tomorrow at 5 30 so we we'll hope you'll uh, be able to join us for that and again that deadline set by the owners two o'clock tomorrow afternoon pacific time so by the time 5 30 rolls around social hour rolls around maybe we'll be able to give you some uh, real solid answers on when baseball will start 2020 uh pending of course uh, the reality of the health situation in this country meanwhile coming up tonight at seven o'clock on fox sports san diego Another opportunity to relive one of the wackiest games we have seen in a very long time. Father's Day last year at Coors Field. There were two bonkers games in that series. Uh, this one, and I think the Friday night game, it was a four-game set. Greg Garcia, I think, tripled twice in this game, and he had like one career triple in his life before this game. It was one of those, you know, just all the crazy stuff happened. Uh, Matt Strom going to get up there and I think draw a walker. I mean, it was just everything so that's uh, tonight at seven on fox sports san diego you don't want to miss it here's how much i miss baseball brady phelps i even miss goofy coors field games right now Ooh. <laughs> where you can wow. have, uh, one single series and combine for 90 plus runs <laughs> yeah. yeah that's yeah. uh hey honestly if they said right now uh you get a 50 game season and every single game is played at coors field it's like great i'm in let's let's that score uh let's score two dozen runs every game Hey, I'm not going to pump the brakes. I'm ready for baseball. <laughs> if that's the safe place, if like if they put, you know, a biodome over Coors Field, then I'm in. Let's do it. Polly Shore Wait, is the only one allowed I, in the stands. I, I can certainly tell you're not a starting pitcher, Brady. Come on. Yeah. Or an announcer. You know, no, but I don't think any starting yeah. pitcher is that excited about playing every game in Coors Field. I don't <laughs> Well, uh, I'm glad that all it took was my commentary to yeah. know that I wasn't a starting pitcher. Thank you. Otherwise, yeah, I totally could have passed for one. <laughs> Too funny. Well, uh, hey, thank you guys for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, we've had some fun on these shows. And uh, like we said, it was kind of an interesting one today with all that stuff happening. And uh, we'll, we'll have more information tomorrow. So, Brady, RJ, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, if guys. This is, if this is by chance our last one, RJ, because the season starts up, it's been I'll an see honor you. and a pleasure, my friend. I'll see you at Petco, Brady. Look forward to it, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jess. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching and hanging out with us. Hope you continue to stay safe. And who knows, maybe there will be baseball right there on the field at Petco Park uh, just about a month from now. Wouldn't that be grand? Stay safe. Wear your masks. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 530. Have a good night.